Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of silent meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do it a little slower than usual with a few breaths in between each line to, uh, to take a moment and actually do what it's asking us to do or not do what it's asking us to not do. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in God. And I take a few breaths and I continue to call to this thing I call God or higher power, creative intelligence, whatever it is. I continue to take a few breaths and call to try to make a connection in whatever way that I can. And when I'm ready, I breathe out. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths. And I check in with my commitment to my offering of myself to my higher power today, right now. And I breathe in to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I try to see if there's a sense or a feeling or a knowing inside of what my higher power might want to do with me today. And I breathe out. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths. And I try to get a sense or a feeling of the quietness that would be here right now. If I had no story, no old ideas, no opinion. And I breathe out, that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths, and I just contemplate how much better I could do God's will if I had a quiet mind. Breathe in, take away my difficulties, and I take a few breaths, and I think about what are my difficulties today? What are the things that are getting in the way of me being with my higher power? And I breathe in, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths, and I think about the people I might come in contact with today, and how I might affect those people if I truly was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life.
I breathe out the last line of the prayer, may I do thy will always. And I smile and I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, today, always. And whenever you're ready, gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to become aware, to become conscious that when your eyes opened, you began seeing. Try not to get caught up in what you're seeing. Just try to Remain conscious that seeing is happening. Oh, yes. God, I'm seeing a rock. I'm seeing a computer. I'm seeing a thermos. I'm seeing a computer. I'm seeing a book. With no story, no old ideas, no attachment to what it is that I am seeing. Just trying to keep the consciousness on the seeing that's happening. So this meeting is called Principles in Application. And this meeting is about applying principles. And it's about doing it right now. And it's this meeting is really based on the last line in the 12 and 12 in step two, where it says true humility and an open mind can lead us to faith, can lead me to faith. And every AA meeting is an assurance that God or something will restore me to sanity if I will rightly relate myself to it. So this meeting is geared around rightly relating and being reminded right here, right now, to be rightly relating because my mind is going to think of something, either from what's being said during the meeting or whatever it wants to come up with, and it will start talking to me about that. And I will leave the meeting, even though my body will be here. And I might even laugh if you say something funny. And I might clap if everyone else claps. But I probably will have no idea what was funny or what I'm clapping about. Because my mind will hijack me and take me out of the meeting. Because because I have alcoholism. Because I have a disease that centers in my mind. So... Real quick, I'm Randy. I'm alcoholic. Uh, For those of you that haven't been to this meeting before, for me, when I say I am alcoholic, that means that my body is allergic to alcohol. That's what it means to be alcoholic for me. It means that my body has become allergic to alcohol. And because I'm allergic to it, I can't drink alcohol anymore. Just like I'm allergic to bee stings. So I can't play in beehives anymore because that would kill me. Um, So I'm allergic to alcohol, and and I learned that here in AA. But I'm not here because I'm allergic to alcohol. I'm here because I have a disease called alcoholism, and that disease centers in my mind, and that disease talks to me, and it talks to me in my own voice. And it manifests in my life as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated and can't stand the word no. And because of that mind, because I have a mind that tells me I need something, and that if I get that something that I that it tells me that I need, it tells me then I will be happy. And so I chase the thing that my mind tells me is the thing I need or the thing I need to get rid of to be happy. And the minute I get that thing or get rid of that thing that my mind told me was the thing that if I got it or got rid of it, it would make me happy. The minute that happens, that same mind in the same voice says, why'd you do that? You don't need that. You shouldn't have gotten rid of that. You need that. And it keeps me in a state of restless, irritable, and discontentness. 
That's what the disease does. And that's why I drink alcohol. And that's why I think that there's one line in how it works that should be changed. There's one word in one line in how it works that should be changed. And it should say, it, sh it says, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. I don't believe that's true. I don't deal with alcohol anymore. I haven't for years. What I deal with is alcoholism. Remember, I have to remember today that I deal with alcoholism. And alcoholism is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And alcoholism is the disease that talks to me and makes me so uncomfortable that even though I know that if I drink alcohol, there's a good chance I'm going to black out and I'm going to crash cars and I'm going to get thrown out of the places where I live and I'm going to ruin my life. Even though I know that, I'm willing to drink the alcohol because my mind is telling me that I need to do something to kill the pain of my mind. The same mind that's talking to me, the same mind that's killing me is the mind that's telling me I should drink alcohol because alcohol would make me feel better. And then if I do drink the alcohol, that's, that's when the alcoholism really has me. Because now it says, look at you. Look at you. You drank. Now you might as well get it on. And for me to drink is to die. So I can't drink. And I come here and they teach me how to not drink one day at a time. If I don't want to get drunk today... Here's the remedy. If you don't want to get drunk today, you don't take the first drink. That's it. That's all the instructions there is about not drinking. The rest of it is how to live a life where I could have a spiritual awakening. And in that spiritual awakening, I have a life where drinking isn't necessary. That's what the 12 steps do. The 12 steps give me a life where drinking isn't necessary because I'm no longer energizing my unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. Because what I've found for myself being around here for a very long time, well, what I consider a very long time, and what my disease will tell me is way too long a time, what I have found for myself is that if I live by these spiritual principles, I always have everything I need in this moment. And I'm always okay. And I'm always taken care of. And everything always works out for me and everybody around me. In this moment, this one, the one that's happening right now for all of us looks pretty uneventful. Bunch of people sitting in a chair looking at a computer screen, right? There's not much going on. The only thing that would be causing me pain right now would be some story that I have about something that happened to me in the past or something that might happen to me in the future. But right now, right here in this moment, sitting here in front of this computer screen, I have absolutely no problems, none. And that's always the case for me. So in order to get to this place, in order to get here, see, I always wanted to get there. I always thought when I get there, I'll be happy. And that's a character. I have a character that is built, that is under the impression that one day it's going to well, it's under the delusion, really, the delusion. It's a lie that I tell myself that one day, not today, but one day, I'm going to wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I only manage well. If I only read the right self-help book, if I only go to the right ashram or find the right guru or find the right sponsor or work the fourth step correctly, finally, after 25 tries. If I only manage well, then I'll be happy when I get there, wherever there is. And there is no there for alcoholics with alcoholism. There is no there. You're never going to get there because the there that I'm trying to get to is right here. It's this moment. It's just to be present right here and to be doing what I think my higher power would have me do. Just to the extent that I do as I think it would have me. 
Does it enable me to match calamity with serenity right now, in this moment? So I can be okay right now, even if Mickey is at the Porsche dealership buying me a brand new black Porsche McCann. <laughs> I'll be okay then too when it shows up. But right now, I don't need a car. I'm sitting in front of a computer. That car will not help me one bit right now to be okay right now. It's all a delusion. So, I love this program. I love the way it's laid out. I love the 12 steps. I love the, 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 I love that the 12 steps says having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Because I, and I find it shocking how hidden that has been from me for so long in the program. And I find it shocking that I was probably in my 34th year of sobriety where it dawned on me that the whole purpose of this program was to have a spiritual awakening, not to get a new car, not to get a better job, not to have a better wife, not to have a better house in a better neighborhood or more money in the bank. Just to have a spirit, just to have the spirit inside of me awaken to this moment being exactly the way it's supposed to be. And, and, that, and that circles right back to step one, who cares to admit complete defeat? I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment on my own power. That's where it starts. I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment. If I use my self-talking, unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind. And then the second step I have to start right now. Well, I don't have to. I get to. I get to start coming to believe that there's a power greater than myself. And that that power is the power that restores me to sanity. I am the wrong power for that job. I cannot restore me to sanity. And, and when I find a little sanity by rightly relating in step two, then I am 100% qualified to make a decision to turn my will and my life, my thoughts and my actions right now in this moment over to the care of God as I understood it because I did something in two, and it's my understanding now that when I rightly relate myself to my higher power, that when I do that, I get, I get a quiet mind. I get a moment of peace. And when I have enough of those moments of peace, I'm qualified to make a decision. Do I want to have my self-talking mind that makes me crazy and, wants, and, and restless, irritable, and discontent? Or do I want to be rightly relating myself to my higher power right now in a state of complete defeat and have the experience of being restored to sanity. And that's an easy decision. That's not some mythic quest to find a God that I'm going to turn my will and my life over to that I have no understanding of and I'm going to believe one that you made up in a book and that your book is the right book somehow, and everyone else's is wrong, and that's the thing, and I gotta pick which one I'm gonna believe in? I that doesn't work for me. I can't do that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying for me. I think there's one that has all power, all. It's all, doesn't matter what you call it. Doesn't care. It has all power. And it's the thing that restores me to sanity and makes my life unbelievably fantastic in the day that I'm in today right now. So I'm going to stop talking now. Um, I appreciate you all coming here and joining me and meditating with me and praying with me and practicing this with me. And, and, uh, and, and now I want to hear all about it. So I'm going to stop talking. Uh, you're free to share about whatever you want. Um, I record the sound at this meeting. We don't record any video, just the sound. And uh, if you share, if you don't tell me to stop the recording, you will be recorded and we make these recordings available for people, like-minded people, I think. Uh, I, I don't feel like bosses are searching you out on the internet to see what you had to say in an AA meeting, but they might be. Some people seem to be afraid of that. 
Uh, anyway, if you'd like to share, all you have to do is raise your hand. Thank you for letting me share. Yes, Jefferson. Hello, I'm Jefferson. I'm a very grateful recovering alcoholic and addict. And uh, Randy, thank you for the message. It was so clear. It's exactly what I needed to hear. It's been a while since I've been on the meeting, a few weeks now, and mm. it just, you know, coming on it and the, the joy, uh, the banter at the beginning, the, the, the jokes, it was just really, um, it just really made me feel connected and it made me feel the warmth that's on offer here and the love that's on offer here. And yeah, that we don't have to take, you know, this is a serious illness, but we can also make, we can also have fun, you know, in recovery. Recovery is, is about having fun. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't really meditate. I mean, I am Mr. Getting There, you know, like you put it so right. There is no there, there, but all day long, my entire day has been about the next thing, the thing coming next tomorrow. What's going to happen if, how do I, you know, strategizing, constantly ch checking emails, all this kind of behavior that just completely takes me out of, um, well, what it does is it, it just doesn't let me sit and be present, but it, it just, it becomes like an engine that kind of fuels this need to, um, yeah, just to keep being somewhere other than here now. Um, you know, I love what you said about, about that. You really focused in on the need to, um, you know, that the ego wants us to be, you know, the disease wants us to be either in the future or in the past. It doesn't want us to be in the present. And, um, you know, it was funny. I was on holiday last week and I was in the south of France and there was like a lot of booze going around. You can imagine, right? Like lunch, dinners with people and just seeing it in the terraces and bars as I was walking around some of the places I was in. And I don't, like, I am far from thinking that alcohol is my problem now right like you mentioned that i suffer from alcoholism but i didn't think i didn't i wasn't there thinking oh you know that looks nice uh, i wasn't thinking anything actually about it i just witnessed it and i was very able to be detached from that as something that's part of my life now and that's a beautiful thing that's a gift of recovery like the obsession to drink is gone it just doesn't exist the weird thing is, in my dreams, it kept popping up. I was drinking in my dreams. I was alcohol was appearing, logos were coming up, the champagne was being. I think, and I just thought, why am I dreaming about alcohol uh, when I'm not in my conscious life thinking or obsessing about it? And it's just, you know, I've got to recognise how cunning and baffling and insidious this illness is because it's playing some kind of. Um, advertising in my head mm. that this might be a solution to my problem or that it might be something that it could make attractive for me at some point in the future and mm. you know this program really is day at a time it really is you know like you said you know we have to be aware of what we're up against you know this this illness is incredibly powerful and I'm not the power for my own life and I very I can be like I'm having an okay time at the moment in a lot of areas of my life. And I can get complacent with this stuff when, I, when things are going okay for me. And that's why I wanted to share. I wanted to open up. I wanted to kind of connect with the meeting. I see so many faces that I really um, know from this group. And I want to say hello to you all. And also to any of the newcomers, you know, um, um, welcome to this group. This is a fantastic group. This group has helped me so much in my recovery. I saw there was a Brit newcomer with four months. Hello and welcome, fellow Brit. So um, thanks for letting me share. And um, I'm going to remember that um, it's not about getting anywhere, but being in, in, in conscious contact is where it's at. Thanks for the reminder, Randy. Thanks, Jefferson. Good to see you. Who's next? Yes, Rebecca. No one else was sharing, so I was like, all right, that's the universe telling me to share, maybe. I don't know. But uh, Rebecca, alcoholic, oh, Rebecca. thank you, everybody. 
Thank you, Randy. What a great meeting. Um, I really felt the connection to um, my higher power today in the meditation. It was incredible. I mean, I even had like, I felt like um, very, uh, like the answers were being answered even like, you know what I mean? Like the two way prayer type of thing mm -hmm. where like, I felt like, you know, my higher power is saying, reassuring me, like, look, everything's going to be fine. Just relax. You know, like, why do you worry so much? That kind of thing's going on in my mind. And um, so, yeah, it was really, really powerful. And I wish I could actually take that with me the rest of the day, you know, just like be in that kind of mode the rest of the day. So, but I think it's almost like I want to hold on to that feeling that I, where I was in that meditation. I wanted to, I wanted to take that with me, you know, throughout the day. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's my goal in mission in life now is to be connected to my higher power all throughout the day. You know, I think that's um, really like the crux of the program or whatever you want to call it is, um, yeah, you know, it says it throughout the big book, throughout the day, you know, like um, day by day, you know, I was reading uh, the big book, uh, I was reading with my sponsees, um, I have eight sponsees now, I'm like, I don't even have a sponsor, because like, I don't know, that's my my, my shtick is like, I want to focus on the, the negative stuff, you know? So, but I know that, you know, like, I mean, we sponsor each other, whatever, you know, it's no big, whatever. I, I'm not even, you know, I'm not going to poke holes in my, whatever, wherever I'm at right now, it's fine. You know, like, I'm, I am where I'm supposed to be. And, um, this is where my higher power wants me right now, right here. And, um, like incredible meeting, you know, like, yeah, like, um, the last person just said to thank you very much. And I hope that I inspired somebody else to talk. Thank you. Thanks Rebecca. Jamie, did you want to share? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, you, you you talked about something like this is where I want to be all the time, except for this is where I need to be right now, all the time, right now, all the time, because nobody can do this later. Nobody can do it all the time. I can only do it right now. And I get distracted by the fact that I want to do this later and it takes me out of now. And so I, I have to. It's just a it's just a little tweak right but it's just now i just want to do it now because the disease wants to do it later just like it wants to stop eating tomorrow it's going to stop dart start a diet tomorrow it's going to stop smoking tomorrow it's going to start doing exercise tomorrow it's that's where the disease lives it wants to do everything later it's just now it's the only time i need to do it um scott Perfect segue, Randy. Thank you. Scott Hope. The balance of participating in life by yourself and your family and trying to proceed in the recovery. Then not putting enough work in the recovery starts the snowball down the hill problem of feeling guilty because I did not create enough time for this program. Then that seems to have its own force <laughs> that makes it more difficult to put effort into it. But then, wow, 
once you say stop, it's just getting worse. Forget the guilt. Let's put a couple hours into it. And what a relief, at least for me, what a relief. Um, could you address that conflict, mm-hmm. Randy? Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The the disease wants me to stay in the disease. So if I don't do the reading in the morning, it wants to beat me up about not doing the reading in the morning because that's how the disease operates. It, oh, yeah. If So long as I'm beating myself up, I can't be in a relationship with a higher power. Yeah. And that, that's why meetings are so good because they break the pattern. That's why meetings don't heal alcoholism. But going to a meeting there's a much better chance I might hear something and be reminded to start rightly relating myself to the power again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And if, can I ask, is that conflict you with 38 years? Is that conflict always in your life? I only have 34 years, but thank you. You're welcome. The conflict is, yes, yes. The disease always wants to be the power for my life. Always, every day, right now, always. Right. It always wants to tell me, it always wants to have the, to, to be the power that is restoring me to sanity. It never wants there to be a power greater. To, every natural instinct in me cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness, and that never goes away. Never. That's why people drink with 28 years and 34 years. and Then it seems to morph into guiltiness. Well, it's always been guilty. Shame and guilt and, yeah. and yeah. anger. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Paul? Can't hear you. You're not muted, but you have no volume. Now you're muted. Okay. Mm, I can barely hear you, but go ahead. Um, oh, that's better. That's better? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know the drill. I'm, uh, I'm all alcoholic with alcoholism. Nothing's changed in that respect that I can tell, that you can tell me after my share. Huh. <laughs> and I know that there's probably something useful in this for somebody, maybe me. That's why I'll share it. I'm not quite sure the point I'm trying to make, but um, so I reported about the situ my health situation, and I had a, uh, a biopsy on Monday, and I have a consultation with my doctor this Friday, and um, I don't know about worldwide, but here in New York, there we have this thing called My Chart. It's an online. Yeah, so things like your appointments and your test results and so on are posted to this particular site. Mm-hmm. And um, when I had had an MRI for this situation, I remember speak sharing about it here that I got the results on a Friday afternoon about 4 o'clock, and they were disconcerting. And I was not able to reach anybody, and I had a hell of a weekend, and my mind kept racing ahead, and part of what happened that weekend that really, in retrospect, is that, you know, as somebody supposedly practicing this this recovery way of life, um, I was down on myself for not being able to stay present and running ahead in my imagination. So when, the, when this biopsy procedure was finished the other day, the doctor said to me, now, you're likely going to see the results before I do. And I just want to tell you, I said, no, so I'm not going to. He said, no, they'll be posted on my chart. I said, but I'm not going to look. He said, you're not? I said, no, I'm not going to look at them. He said, well, if you do look, I said, doctor, I'm, I'm just not going to look at them until I can speak to you on Friday. And like, this may not seem like a big deal. This may seem like common sense to anybody listening, but as an alcoholic, 
you know, we know that we want to know. And in my case, I know that I want to know partly because in the past mm-hmm. and to some extent now, I've been attached to this idea of suffering and that I'm going to suffer with these results and pull my hair out and all of this. But what I've, what I've seen is that it's like a giant step backwards. It's like, it's almost like picking up, you know, when I indulge in this idea of, um, of self-pity, it just, it just says, well, I've done it. Like you would say, I've, I've gone out and I've had to drink, might as well live it up. If I've indulged in this idea of self-pity, well, what the hell, you know, let's pick out all the things I can feel bad about at this point. Um, so, although I, before I shared, I said, well, there are two ways to look at this thing about not looking. One is that you're just, you know, you're not strong enough to look and then stay present. The hell with that. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. Not by myself. And even with with help, I don't know that I could really stay there. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to let it be. It doesn't, it doesn't really, in reality, it affects, it doesn't affect things whatsoever if I know the results today or Friday. It doesn't make a difference. There's nothing I can do. I'm powerless over this situation. I just have to, you know, I've referred to to my to my best friend upstairs and, uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But, um, and actually, it's not a question of me making, giving lip service to this. I really, I'm not bothered by it at all. It's really very, very peaceful. And um, I think one of the things that prompted me to share is that I think I feel so different than I normally would mm. that if it's of use to somebody else, I, I think, mm-hmm. I hope it may be. Oh, that's awesome, Paul. That's awesome. And uh, we're all pulling for you to have a great result. Um, Johnny? Hi, Johnny. Uh, Hi, Johnny. Alcoholic. And uh, I'm, I'm glad the topic can turn into shame mm. because I think it's really an important thing to talk to God about. I've been ashamed, shame and fear-based as long as I can remember. And I'm talking about way back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And when I read uh, the Dr. Tebow's writing specifically the ego factors several times it really started to uncover what's really going on here uh, the family disease of alcoholism is a self-obsession and a de- an obsession with divine afflatus meaning below the level of consciousness all the time I think it's my job to run the show I, I just it's a, it's a I presuppose that it's my job to run the show and the show is everything in the and I'm never good enough because I don't know what good enough means. I think good enough is godlike abilities. So self is failed. And it is truly awful to admit that. In fact, it's more than awful. It's virtually impossible to admit it. So I had to have, I have to have God's help. And as Randy and I have been talking about, it's not my fault. I seem to have been born that way. So I, I pretty much, unless I have a certain amount of money in the bank, 
I pretty much have a constant feeling of shame in, in the body. And that's just the way it is for me. That may change. It's been different in the past. And I don't have that amount in my bank account right now. So what do I do? What do I do? Alcoholism is a shame-based, fear-based, isolation-based, self-obsession-based disease. And we have a treatment and I have a treatment. And the first thing I got to do is remember the diagnosis and enter AA right now. And when I do, I see that I'm never going to be good enough. I'm just never going to be good enough because I don't ask good enough. What is good enough and good enough for who? I just assume it's not good enough no matter what it is. It's unsatisfied. So right now, I see what I've been trying to do is to solve it with self. And that's a failed model. And I can't do that. Well, I, obviously, I think I can do that, but it's not our program. Our problem is our program is rooted in step two, coming to believe that a power greater than self can restore me to sanity because the power of self is never going to restore me to sanity. It's insane. So I just share, God, I, it's so simple. I miss it every time. God, I feel shame and I don't know what good enough is. Can you show me how I look to you? Mm -hmm. And I can share it with anybody in this room. And uh, Jamie, we say hi me in California. Uh, welcome. Uh, glad you're here with four months. It's uh, a group. It's an incredible group that talks about the fundamental nature of the disease and the fundamental solution to the problem. And anyway, bring the shame to God. That's my job. Bring ever bring it all to my higher power. Whether I believe in that higher power or not does not matter. When it comes to a relationship with God, all bets are off. It doesn't matter what I believe. I can start right where I am right now, even if it's some insane, punishing God on a cloud that looks like Charlton Heston or whatever. You know, so uh, I'm starting right now, and I love you guys, and thanks for all your shares, and thanks for keeping the space available, Randy. <clears throat> thanks, Johnny. Phyllis. Randy. Phyllis. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <clears throat> what I was hearing mm. was I want, I want, I want. Mm. It's in the wanting. Mm. I don't want a McCann. Mm. I want Jerkins lotion in my face that <laughs> I don't have right now. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter. Many, many years ago, when I was dealing at first with the AIDS crisis, like in the 80s, late 80s, Marian, people would come into one of the meetings we had, which was called uh, Manhattan uh, School of Living, something like that. And they would say, oh, my God, my T-cells are, I don't know what my T-cells are, I don't know what my T-cells, blah, 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 blah. And she would often just say, what do you feel right now? What are you feeling right now, mm -hmm. right here? That's it. And I, when Johnny spoke to uh, what is saying or who is saying, uh, am I good enough? Or who says, am I good enough? I remember I was in therapy and one day I said to my therapist, um, am I a good girl? I use the word girl, uh, if I make my bed or I don't make my bed. And she said, who's talking? Who's speaking now? Whose voice is that? And I, 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 I go to, it's my opinion that these voices are just stories I've told myself. So it's the story that we keep talking about here that inflames the body, the mind, and the spirit. It's an inflammation. It, it just, it just, um, so the less story that I speak of, 
the better off my spirit is, the more it comes forth. Mm. I don't know how where that came from, but it just came from inside. That's all that's all I really have to say. The less story, you know, less is more. Less is more. Yes. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Phyllis. Thank you. Colin. Hi. Thank you, Brandy. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm an addict with alcoholism. Hi, Colin. Um, wasn't planning to share today, uh, but I've been moved to. But while I'm here, Randy, thank you so much for reminding me to smile at the end of the meditation. I need to be reminded to smile and to breathe at the end of the meditation because I go from a human being to a human doing so quickly. It's like it happens like that, you know. So thank you for that. Um, what prompted me to raise my hand was, was Paul just sharing. Just now, it kind of, it took me back. I, I'm a survivor of cancer. Mm. I had a cancer that was diagnosed and gave me a 50% chance mm. of survival. Wow. And at the time, I thought it was the worst thing mm. that could ever happen to me. And I spent a year doing chemo and radiotherapy and operations and all the other stuff. And I really believed that this was the worst thing that could ever happen. Mm. You know, with the benefit of hindsight, that was eight years ago, with the benefit of hindsight, I know actually that that cancer saved my life. Mm. I know that now. I didn't know it then. I thought it was the worst thing that could possibly happen, you know, because I don't know God's plan. I have no idea. Thinking that I know what's good and bad. You know, Kipling said something once. He said, if I can treat triumph, if I can greet triumph and disaster as those two great imposters, they are. And that's what they often are. And I need to get present and I need to rightly relate myself in order to understand that and to appreciate that. Right now, I'm truly blessed. Mm kind of like you said, I feel that I have no problems other than those of my own making. And when I get present, when I get in touch with, when I get in conscious contact with the God of my understanding, I know that the world is as it should be, and I'm where I should be, and who I should be, and everything is as it should be. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Colin. Uh, you guys are awesome. This has been an awesome meeting today. I'm so blessed to be here. Um, we got a little time. Anybody? Yes, Adrian. <clears throat> Hi, thanks, Randy. My name's Adrian. I have alcoholism. Hi, Adrian. Oh, what a great meeting um, today. And, um, you know, not to jump on the cancer bandwagon, but um, I'm two times um I've always said, like, the stuff that goes on in here and my alcoholism, I would take more cancer over that any day of the week. You know, I just would. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's interesting because I have to have a procedure on Friday of something that looks suspect. And it, it could, 99%, they said it could be benign, but I'm already like in my story. You know, like the hair is going to fall out this time and blah, blah, you know, and it's just like the stories and I just need to like, it's just, I just want to shut that up. And the only way to shut that up is what you always you. say is turn. I have to turn. Mm -hmm. I have to rightly relate. I have to turn to my higher power, to God, um, to ask God how I can be useful, you know, to others, um, and 
you know, this morning I've had so much peace and there's mm. a lot of go- lot going on um, in my life, aside from like medical stuff, like um, part of me is not really even concerned because I know God has it. But then if I start getting in my self-talk, that's when I do start telling the stories. Um, but there's a lot of uncertainty um, just in my life right now and how certain things are going to work out or turn out. And I just love what you talked about today is like when this or when this happens and thinking that, you know, like, like just to jump on what Phyllis said too, it's like when this happens or when this is right, then I'll be happy. And it's just, you know, I've had people tell me over the years, like you're just never happy, Mm. you know, and they're not alcoholics. They don't understand, you know, or, why don't you ever smile? So I'm so glad like we're talking about this today because my my happiness is found when I have peace. Mm-hmm. And um, my peace is found when I am connected to God. Mm-hmm. And I forget that. Like I'll, I'll walk away from my desk right now and forget that in five minutes, you know? And just that we have this safe place to come to mm-hmm. and a solution. Mm-hmm. You know, to go to that. Like, I want more of that peace I felt this morning, you know, and I can have it, you know. Um, and it might not be 24 7, but I'll take whatever I can get with it, you know. I really will. And I'm just really grateful, you know. I'm grateful for this message. I'm grateful for, you know, knowing what I am up against. You know, I didn't know for the longest time, decades of being in AA and, you know, the last few years, like I'm well, like, wow, you know, so it's just, it's, I'm glad. And um, this meeting is so special and everybody on here is so special. So I'm very grateful for you for having the platform. So thanks so much for letting me share today. Thanks, Adrian. I hope all goes well with your process too. So, oh, I'm muted. Uh I muted myself because I thought my dog was going to bark. Um, thank you, Adrian, and I hope all goes well with your procedure also. Of course, I, you all are family to me. It's, I look so look forward to every Wednesday to get together and meditate with you and, and share with you and hear from you. And, and yes, <clears throat> uh, I don't know how many people here know Bob Anderson or know of Bob Anderson, but a lot of people are from this meeting and I was very involved in prime time for a very long time. And, and Bob Anderson started that and he would share in the meeting and he would say, now is now. And I would say, of course, now is now. What a stupid thing to say. But now is now means now. Yes, now. This is the only moment that I could have a relationship with a higher power right now. And the happiness that I have right now is the only happiness I'm ever going to have. Because it's now. And and now it's now. So now it's now's happiness. When I was like five years sober, <clears throat> I had a an AIDS scare. They told me I, I got an AIDS test and they I lit up two bars and they said, those bars are early detection of AIDS. And I don't know why my doctor did this, but he said, we're going to take six months and retest you. You need to go home and act as if you have AIDS and tell your girlfriend that you have it and and come back in six months and oh my god my brain exploded i didn't sleep for three nights i laid in bed thinking about all the things i was never going to do because in 1993 not that many people lived more than five years and so that's what i did and that's all i could do and i couldn't do i couldn't work i couldn't do anything i was just stuck in this i'm gonna die and the shame and the guilt and all this stuff around that and uh, it was insane. And then I went and sat with my sponsor because I couldn't do anything else. And I'm sitting there and I'm just saying the serenity prayer over and over and over and over again. And, and something said something to me. Something said, you're not sick right now. Go be the best healthy person you can be. And that message got into me so deep that right now, There's nothing wrong right now. Go be the best person you can be now. If you're going to be sick later, okay, you'll be sick later. 
But what I got from that is I don't have to ruin my life now for something that's going to happen later. <clears throat> In the end, I tested negative and I didn't have it. And that was great too. But it was the greatest lesson I ever got. Just like Colin was saying that, that the cancer was the best. That doctor changed my life forever. People said I should sue him. He, there is no false negatives and all this stuff about how, how could he do that to you? He was just trying to scare you. <clears throat> I say, thank you, God, for putting that doctor in my life that I could have the experience, that experience, that intensely, just like what Paul went through. You, you get a diagnosis on a Friday and you, you think you're going to die. And now you, what are you going to do all weekend? <clears throat> you got two choices. You'd be the best healthy person you are right now. Or you start dying of whatever it is you're telling yourself you're going to die from. <clears throat> so it's there's so much in this program. There's so much for living and, and enjoying and having the best life ever right now, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what your doctor tells you. Bob Anderson had stomach cancer and he had the surgery and the doctor came in and said, Great news, the surgery was 100% successful. Bad news, you're probably not gonna make it three months, so you should have your kids in here and tell them and, and start making arrangements. And, and he lived eight years longer and started primetime after that, and, and all of the people that he helped through his thing called primetime uh, is amazing. And, and these are the kind of people we get to be around, these amazing people like Phyllis, that's, been through a lot and can come back and say, hey, this is good. Life is good. Let's enjoy it. So anyway, I went a little over. I appreciate you all so much. We'll do this again on Saturday. We're going to read out of the 12 and 12 again. And uh, we'll just keep going around and around and keep reminding ourselves that we have alcoholism, but this is the best moment there ever was. All right. So we'll take a moment of silence and then I'll unmute you all so you can unmute yourselves. Okay, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will, not my will. Amazing meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. to see everyone. Hey, Thanks, everyone. I know she's working right now, but I will remind her to call you. Yeah, yeah, tell her to call me anytime. Tell her, don't worry, anytime is fine. I was just in the middle of a huge project. Oh, so cool. cool. Now I'm fine. Yeah, okay. so <laughs> you know how it is. All yes. right. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Great. Have to a see great. Hey, Randy, I think I have your car here. You do? Where are you? I turn my video on. Turn your video on. Flip it. Oh, it's a little blurry. You've got your black. You got your background blur on. Ah, uh, let me see if I can turn it off. Oh, there. It goes. Oh. I mean, where else? Probably like, what the heck? I'll send you a text. Is that a Tiguan? Can you see that? Yeah, I see that. Are you actually at the Porsche dealer getting a car? No, I'm at the Subaru dealer, but the Porsche dealer's right next door. Oh. <laughs> 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 you are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. See you. Uh, have fun. Randy, do you have a Porsche? I'll see you later. What? Randy? What? Randy, do you have a Porsche? No. Somebody has to buy me one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Randy. It was great today. Nice I to see you. Feel better. I, I hope you no feel better. Bad. It was all about health today for you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm sick with the COVID badly with my husband. I'm sorry. Hopefully you'll get better quick. Thank you. 
Okay. Bye. Nice to see you. Bye-bye.